right, good food, everyone. Is that good food? Thanks, Blake and, and your team for, you know, doing that. Thank you so much. That was really good. Yeah, Adaban, Isai, and, and the Penn Valley team, thank you so much. Okay. All right, welcome. Is everyone here? Are you present? Okay, <laughs> like one person. Are you guys awake or are you like, like comatose after the food? <laughs> All right, okay, you're here, so be here, yes? All right, so Apka uh, Swaga? Apka Swaga? Looking at the Indian people. So it's, a, it's welcome in Hindi, okay? So we got it's a, a lot of, a lot of uh, Indian students with us today. And so, man, thank you so much for coming. Uh, we welcome you. Uh, we love India. We love Indian food. And we, we, we hope to make friends with you. Uh, so thank you. Uh, hello, everyone online. Uh, man, good to see you all. And uh, a lot of people are quarantining and just to be safe, you know, so we're taking all that precaution, COVID precaution. Thank you for wearing your mask and, you know, let's continue to do that. We have about, about what, uh, 18, 19 people, 19 people uh, with us online. Uh, so, uh, one of the things uh, is definitely pray for uh, protection for COVID and everyone to take uh, vigilance for sure. And but um, you know still have uh, still have a life, I guess you know because the, the 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 other side is man, you stay at home all the time and then you get depressed. So I don't know which one is worse: have COVID or be depressed. I don't know. I'll, I'll take COVID, you know, but maybe I don't know. Maybe I, that's silly of me. Okay. It is, it is Testimony Thursday, Testimony Thursday, it kind of rhyme with Testimony Thursday. Uh, we just uh, had a, a missions conference in our church, you know, we call it Mission Focus, and so uh, different speakers came and spoke, and, you know, and, and we, we already heard, you know, God spoke powerfully uh, to people, even in the midst of pandemic, you know, I already heard a number of stories, so we're going to continue with that, uh, we're going to have uh, may, you know, maybe four, four uh, testimony uh, tonight, and then we're, we're going to have more maybe in the next round. Uh, and then I thought maybe I could uh, share a quick thing, you know, because there's so many new people. I thought, man, the gospel needs to be uh, preached as well. So I, I just kind of lastminute.com put something together <laughs> on the slide. So hopefully that works. Um, okay, so... Um, one of the things, uh, one of our members came back. Uh, Tobias came back. Yeah! Yeah, Tobias over there. Uh, and if you, do, if you don't already know, he's off the market. I'm sorry. Uh, so he, he just proposed. <laughs> he just proposed to, you know, his, his longtime kind of dream that, you know, dream person that he's been trusting God for and, and a lot of prayer, a lot of, work, a lot of traveling, and, and he did it, you know, so uh, praise God for that, and uh, so anyway, uh, to, you know, so, uh, you know, Tobias uh, will be moving, though, unfortunately, uh, sometime in April, uh, but man, we love Tobias so much, and uh, I just got something for you and Riley, you know, so uh, we, we don't have to do the hugging stuff, but we just want to let you know we love you, and uh you know, it will be different without you, and uh, yeah, your presence make, makes a big difference, you know. Uh, many of you uh, may, already, may know, um, you know, Tobias uh, did the new logo for FOI for the t-shirt, so if you like that t-shirt, then that, that's his work, you know, did a lot of hours uh, getting that through, approved, and I was very picky, you know, and, and, but everyone liked it, I'm like, okay, let's go for it. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, so pray, Pray, uh, you know, God will continue to um, protect us from COVID. Uh, just be, you know, be vigilant if you know that you're not well and, and so on. Uh, please don't come. And so there, there are people that called me today and they're like, oh, I've been exposed or this and that. We say, please don't come, right? Uh, but if you're healthy, man, um, man, just nothing beats this, you know, just looking someone in the eye and speaking to that person, getting that human to human interaction uh, to me, it's just so, like, there's no value to that. You know, it's just so valuable. And I, I, I cherish conversations with people. Zoom is okay, but, you know, I mean, we get used to it. But it's still not the same. Not the same, you know. Um, and then uh, lastly, man, let's, uh, let's maybe 
um, spend a bit of time uh, also praying for the nation, you know, as you maybe heard in the news, you know, lots of uh, stuff going on in, in our nation, uh, new uh, president-elect and all of that, a nation that is, uh, has never been as, as divided as before, you know, and so uh, there's going to be a lot of um, anger, there's going to be a lot of frustration, there's going to be a lot of disappointment, there's going to be a lot of frustration and on and on and on. And, and you're going to hear about it, you know, whether at work or at school or, or whatever. And so, you know, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you know, my prayer is that we will stand in the gap, right? We, we, we're not fueling the fire because uh, politics, uh, you know, it doesn't solve the problem at, at its root, you know, it doesn't solve problems at its root. And so the, the answer is Jesus, you know, and the answer is the gospel. And so the answer is you and me. Uh, being that difference, you know, being that difference. And people need to see hope, uh, you know, not in just a concept of, of Christ, but a reality lived, right? A reality lived, and you are that person, you know. And so you can't get caught, caught up with all this stuff. Yes, you can't get caught up with all this craziness. If you do, like, I mean, like Facebook wars, man, just all over, the last few days, it's just like, oh man, you want to comment, but you're like, oh no, no, yes, yes, I want to comment. No, 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 no. Yes, no, 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 no. Yeah, so I never comment because it never, it never ends well. It never ends well. It just ends up with a broken relationship and unfriend and and uh, you know, waste of time, waste of time. You know. So the answer is not there. Okay, without further ado, because we we are running late, unfortunately, but. But fortunately, we got a few more conversations in, you know. Uh, the hope is next time we'll start earlier, like 6.30 on the dot, people come and then we will have, we could fit in more into our schedule. But uh, as, as of now, we are running behind. Okay, so um, the, the first on the dock is Lorena. Lorena is going to share uh, with us. And then, uh, and then after that, Duncan, 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 okay. And then after that, Jillian. Okay, and then after that, we're going to have one person online because we can't fit anyone. And so Blake told me that whoever first raised their hand will get it, you know. So uh, pray about it. If uh, the Lord anoints you, be quick. And then when we, we call for it, and then you'll be on. And, and, and do we test? Can we broadcast through the big TV? We can. Okay, all right. So maybe after the third one, kind of get it set up so that we don't have a lot of delay in, in tech. Okay. So, um, again, the, the context here is we just had a missions conference, and uh, one of the speakers and Barbara is going to share from her heart uh, what, uh, what God shared with her, you know, and how that impacts her life. And so you can wear this if you want to move around, but just keep in mind. Can you guys hear me? Good. Okay. Um, hey, everyone. My name is Lorena. Um, Man, this mission focus was really refreshing. Um, since last mission focus, I've been praying about Vietnam for a, about a whole year now. And um, it's kind of been just back and forth kind of thing and not really knowing um, if this is the field that I want to buy into. And so throughout mission focus, God just kept confirming a lot of things. And um, Friday, we had lunch with Andrew and we got to just hear about uh, the logistics of what it looks like for him to go to Vietnam and the transition with his family. And so I actually ended up leaving the lunch early because the Lord was stirring so much in my spirit to just go and pray um, because I just been, again, praying about Vietnam. And so I took some time to go and pray. And um, it wasn't until Sunday when Andrew kind of gave a recap again about what's happening in Vietnam and um, the Lord brought to my remembrance um, my study I did earlier this year um, in the book of Ruth. And so Ruth is basically known as the virtuous woman. Um, she left with her mother-in-law after a tragic uh, event of her mother losing both her sons and her husband. And so one of them happened to be Ruth's husband. And so um, in chapter one, before verse 18, um, you kind of see the contemplation back and forth with um, Ruth and Naomi. And so Naomi um, is telling her, go back to your people. You don't have to come with me. 
And so Ruth is telling her, no, like your people are my people and your God's going to be my God. And so um, in verse 18, Naomi saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her. And so in the phrase that I studied about steadfastly minded, that is physically to be alert, mentally courageous, bold, brave, to be determined, steadfastly minded and strong. And in the Blue Letter Bible study, it shared that the phrase they shared a phrase in this description, and it said, a strong and undaunted mind. And an undaunted mind is not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. And so um, this actually brought me to a reference in Joshua 1, 6 through 18, where God is commanding Joshua as a new, a new leader um, to lead the people of Israel into the promised land um, because Moses had died. And so um, God was moving on with his leaders. And so if you look back in Deuteronomy 31, he's also encouraging him the same thing. And it is to be strong and good and of good courage. And so um, God was very specific with this word because I actually um, struggle with being um, steadfastly minded with things because um, I get insecure and I just think back and forth like, oh, God's not talking to me or this can't be for me. Um, but after examining myself and like seeking counsel with leaders, um, I just kind of took some time to learn about Vietnam and pray for the team and get a chance to meet the team and pray with them throughout Zoom calls. And so um, I've considered buying the field. And so I am going to be steadfast about Vietnam. Um, I told Andrew on Sunday that this is what the Lord has shown me. Um, I'm not promising anything because we know God is crazy and he changes directions when we're moving. Um, but I told him I'm willing to be sent when God says go, whether that's at the end of this year or three years from now. Um, so a couple of things that I'm going to ask for is that you guys would pray for my mind to be strengthened in the Lord, because um, that is a weakness. And so I am just so affirmed by the Lord using this word alone to actually strengthen a weakness of mine. Um, and secondly, for the Lord to continue to order my steps. And then four points of encouragement for you guys um, is one to pray and consider to look for a field and learn to wait for the Lord's instructions. Um, Proverbs 24 and 32, and then Psalm 27, 14. Second, to be steadfast about it, um, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And then third point, prove all things, and that's in 1 Thessalonians 5, 21. And then lastly, this is pretty funny, prepare to be sent even if you don't plan on it. So that is my testimony for mission focus. And thank you so much, you know, uh, very humble that uh, people would even consider, you know, going uh, with our family to, to Vietnam. For those of you who don't know, uh, we are trusting God to, to see churches planted in Vietnam. Uh, so, so, I mean, it's a, it's a very tall order, you know, it's not like moving out of state, you know, or, you know, even, you know, you know, just anywhere in the U.S. I mean, it's a complete change and uh, it's a communist country and all of that, you know, uh, but, but, you know, there, you know, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to get emotional again. So Sunday, you guys <laughs> saw that part of me, which I'm not <laughs> like, I wasn't even ready for that. I don't know. God just like, uh, man, just for those of you who don't know, I was like sobbing like a baby on Sunday, sharing about my heart. But, but when God puts that in your heart, man, it's hard to resist. You know, so the idea is like, man, God can increase your capacity to love people, you know, and, and I don't have it, you know, but when God give it like, wow, you're like, you just love people and you want to be Jesus to them, you know, you want to die so that they can have a chance to hear the gospel. And, you know, there's 97 million people there and many people that I've met never, never heard the gospel even one time, you know, and in the U.S. we get to hear that multiple times, you know, every week maybe, you know. Uh, so, so man, very uh, thankful, you know, that God is stirring in other people's heart. And, and many times, you know, God just wants, you know, maybe God would change directions, you know, even for us, but I, I don't know. But the willingness, you know, God always wants to, to test that faith. Are you willing? Are you willing, you know? And I, I want to be that person who says, yes, God, you know. Yes, God, I'm willing. So with that, uh, Duncan, please come and share with us. Nice. Uh, hello. 
Um, but yeah, Lorena, thanks for sharing that. Well, for me, well, mission focus, it is, you know, it's a conference that usually about the mission, you know, and uh, personally, you know, I remember when I just got to Midtown and started discipleship and all that and got to hear about, you know, if you don't have a place, a field that you're trusting God for, then your heart needs to be for your discipler is, and I remember for a minute I was praying about Vietnam or wanting to go to the mission trip and all that, but everything just changed and I'm still so unsure about where I would go if I was to go. But yeah, that thanks for sharing that, you know, just knowing it's, it's all about preparing. So, um, but yeah, um, you know, the theme this time around was almost again about uh, mission focuses. He was counting the cost for missions, uh, buying a field, owning it, protecting it. And, you know, it was all just so encouraging, convict, some of it being convicting. And, you know, I remember, and everything was just, I don't know, I felt exhausted with the whole thing because there was just so much going on at church and out of church. And when it was over, I wasn't really sure if there was anything that I took away practically. So I had to sit down, you know, talk to my bros and then just go through my notes again, listen to one of the sermons that I missed. And finally, you know, it clicked, you know, God was talking to me through a mission focus. And he was on two of Brian Clark's messages, the one, the first one caught red-handed, and then the very last one, um, walking in the spirit or being filled with the spirit, right? And he got it from Esther 7 and 9 and then Ephesians 5.18. Um, so that Ephesians 5.18 is where I'd say I, I, got, I got my juice. Um, you know, Ephesians 5.18 is, and be not drunk with wine wherein is, is excess, but be filled with the spirit. And then Brian just expounded on that. You know, he split the two and he talked, he just explained how that's basically a comparison of one form of worship um, with another or from another. And then there's this key point that he said, you know, as believers, you know, being filled with the spirit is the most crucial behavior. And there's also a mandate. So it's something that we, we have to do. We have to be filled with the spirit. So I'm going to pause it for a second. So backtrack my life, you know, I feel like there's always been something big going on. And then when that's done, something else comes up and then I have to deal with that. And then over and over and over. And, you know, with that being true, it always feels, I'm noticing the pattern where it feels heavier whenever it's brought to light. But then it's lighter after, you know, I, I respond with obedience, you know. Um, so that's, that's the beauty of it. But I think I was just so tired of just having something over and over and over and over, right? And then a second big thing in my life was uh, just plans. You know, well, I'm not sure if I have a place that in my heart that I want to go. Is it Vietnam or is it Malawi? Is it Kenya? I'm not sure. I mean, I would say and I pray about these things, but I was still not sure. So with, with plans, that means I'm, since I don't know generally, so I, I, I make plans, um, you know, I'll get down to school two years. So I'll make plans about this year, what I want to accomplish and all that. And it almost makes me design what my life should look like, you know, in terms of mission and career. But uh, yeah, I'm already, I'm so bad at, you know, following through whatever plans I make. So uh, I set daily goals, I fail, you know, I set goals, my goals are like monthly or yearly, like six months I don't learn how to play guitar and then I'll do that, I'll fail, you know. Um, but be, going back to the verse, you know, being filled with the spirit, with it being a command, as Brian was saying, and if we can, he said, if we cannot obey that command, then there's absolutely no, we can obey any other command that we have in the Bible, right? And yeah, that's his word. So for my lifestyle, Hope I'm not over four minutes. You know, for my lifestyle um, and my heart to be aligned with what God wants for me, then I need to be filled with the Spirit. You know, if I desire to be right with God, then I need to be filled with the Spirit, right? If I want to trust God with His timing for my life, if it's with mission, career, or whatever else, then I still need to be filled with the Spirit. And then, so the question will come is, you know, so how do I get filled with the Spirit? Since that's the answer to everything. And he said, that's the key to success, basically. So how do I get filled with the Spirit? He said, you know, the Spirit only speaks through the Word of God. So basically, read your Bible, right? But then it's not just that, because I, I do read my Bible, but I need a right heart attitude while still coming to the throne. Um, so yeah, and then another thing that he kind of talked of was, uh, he defined great from Esther, uh, chapter 9. And he, the definition that I liked was with high, right? And he gives that example of his wife. Whenever she speaks, he can hear her because they have this thing, you know? And, you know, the charge was to have the Holy Spirit, the only great voice in my life and no one or nothing else. 
the Holy Spirit has to be the highest voice that I hear. So personally, you know, based on who I am and, and my and my past or whoever my identity is, I cannot allow my failures or uh, disappointment, you know, my plans or goals. Those cannot be the great voices that I hear. And they'll come, they'll be whispers, or they'll be high as loud as they want, but that cannot be the, the voice that I'm choosing to listen to, but rather the Holy Spirit. So and with that being said, in terms of missions, um, I, I'm still not certain. In terms of what my career will look like, I don't know, you know? But one thing that I know and my desire is to, to be filled with the Spirit, and I know everything else will just work out, you know? I do want that to be my testimony. Yeah. Amen, Duncan. Okay, so uh, one thing that I noticed as Duncan was sharing was the rest that he has. The rest that he has in his spirit about obeying the Lord and just giving the Lord a yes, just a simple yes response. And something that Jesus said to his disciples was, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I'm meek, so he has power, but under control in obedience and submission to the Father. Jesus humbled himself in that way. And so he says, I am meek and lowly of heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. So um, many things come with walking in the spirit. And that looks like giving God control of your life. And so... It's not that Duncan's going to get more of the uh, spirit in a sense. He's, he's just going to be more controlled by the spirit and led of Jesus Christ, the spirit of Jesus Christ. So, um, so next up is Jillian and Jillian is, um, now where is Jillian? There you are. I can't, everybody's mass and on some level, everyone looks the same, but not really. So. Um, Jillian has like a journal of pastors that she's drawn and someday she's going to release it to, to the public. But until then, she's just she's going to testify what God has done in her life at Mission Focus. Hi. <laughs> I just want to say that that is true. I have drawn many pastors. I've also drawn you, Blake. Did I send you that? I did. Excellent. No, I'm glad. <laughs> it was when he was preaching. So, um, hi. Uh, so I'm Jillian. Um, and uh, so through Mission Focus, Mission Focus was really timely. Um, and like um, Lorena and Duncan had both said, it definitely was a lot about like counting the cost. Um, one of the sermons that really, really stood out to me was James Five's sermon about what it takes to fight a giant. Um, and a few points that stood out from that um, were the willing, were like the willingness points. It's like I have to be willing to give up my plans and my timeline and my home. And there were other things that went into that, but those stood out to me the most. Um, over mission focus, I wasn't able to spend time in my own home because of circumstances. And it kind of felt like I was like kicked out of my own house. And um, when James said that, my spirit was like, oh my gosh, I might have to like long-term be willing to like not have a place to rest my head. Um, there's a verse that talks about how Jesus tells his disciples that the Son of Man has no place to rest his head. And every time I would read it, I'd be like, oh, but that's not me because I'm an American and I can have a place to stay. And, like, and every time it came up, there's like this blockage in my heart. I was like, I don't want to listen to that. Like, I want a place to stay. Um, and so God was like really working on my heart and he like literally physically kicked me out of my own house to do that. And it was really clear um, and uncomfortable, but it was really good. Um, and then my own timeline. Um, I get it in my own head sometimes that like, I have to do things my own way in order to like please God and um, like I have to be the one that's like mature for him and like I have to be the one that's good and um, I think that kind of comes with like growing up in a Christian household like I think I have to be good in order to please God 
when the reality is that he saved me from my sin and I had to walk like in the reality that he is good and I'm not. Um, and so I just like went to mission focus, learning these things um, and continuing forward. Um, there was definitely a point in the same sermon where David, um, so it's about David and Goliath. Goliath is this giant that David has to fight in order to save his people. Um, and so God uses David to protect the people that are his, the people of Israel. And something that is given to David is this armor. And um, he puts it on. He's like, I haven't proven this out, so I'm going to take it off completely and not use it. Um, and that's in 1 Samuel 17, 39 and 40. And so he takes his shepherd's staff and takes these five stones and he trusts God and he kills the giant. Um, but he's like prepared to do that. And he knows that the armor isn't going to help him. And so just like my idea of like a timeline protecting me, whereas like I need to have these, this checklist done and then I'll be good to go to the mission field. I need to have this done and then I can do something else for God. Um, I need to have a place to stay and then I can, I can be safe. I can do what God wants me to do. That's not necessarily true. Like David found that he couldn't trust the armor. Um, and like, just like, I don't need a home to do what God wants me to do. And I don't need a timeline to do what God wants me to do. I can take off that armor and recognize that that's not what protects me. It's God that protects me. Um, throughout Mission Focus, I was also going through Psalms. And over and over and over and over again, it just kept on saying like, I have many adversaries, but I trust God because he is my protector. And it just kept on coming up over and over and over again. And like, God just kept on saying to me like, do you trust me for everything? Do you trust me? Um, so, I mean, I got a lot from that, from mission focus, but that was, that was one of the main things. And the second main thing that I got was actually an illustration that Brian did. Um, he talked about how if he buys flowers for his wife and he goes into the house and he's like, here, I did it. <laughs> Here's your flowers, I guess, like out of obligation. She doesn't want those flowers, you know, like that's, those flowers just honor her. And so in a similar fashion, like if I do things out of obligation towards God, that actually dishonors him. And like, I don't know if that's ever happened to anybody, but there was one point where someone did that to me and it made me feel so small and like unimportant. And like, that is not what God deserves. Like he paid the price for everything. He paid his whole life to save me and to save my horrible, sinful self from literally destruction. And he wants to save other people. Um, and man, like, I wanna honor that God. That's a God I serve. Um, so it doesn't matter what happens, I guess. It's all about serving my God and obeying him and honoring him and showing him that I love him. Um, and just like, I don't know, it changed my heart a lot when that like clicks. I think there was a lot of times this semester where I was doing things out of obligation. Um, and I was getting really frustrated because <laughs> I wasn't getting what I wanted from God, which is like, you know, it was all this time. But yeah, those are the two main things that I got out of Mission Focus. I got a lot more. So if you want to talk to me about it, please, I would love to share. But for the sake of time, that's it. Hey, thank you so much, Jillian. Uh, man, well said. Can't, can't add more to that. Okay, but we do have one more online, okay? One more online. So the first one to raise their hand, if I can see you. I don't know. I, I can only see a few people on there. Okay, I see Nathan. Nathan. All right. Okay, so put Nathan on. Can you guys hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, I'm getting thumbs up. Okay, good. Yeah. We All right. Uh, hey, everybody. My name's Nathan. So uh, I guess a lot of what this mission focus was for me was a uh, God calling me to, uh, I guess, closer trust in him or more trust in him. 
Um, so a lot of people know, and a lot of people have been praying. So like a week and a half before mission focus, uh, my dad, he, uh, passed away from COVID. And so that was a really hard season and brought uh, a lot more struggles on that are still carrying to you today that, uh, the Lord's just telling me to trust him in more. Uh, and so I was, I was really, my heart was really excited for mission focus, but I could see the, uh, the seeds of doubt being placed in my mind. I was like, Lord, I prayed for my dad to get better. He was getting better for a long time. Then all of a sudden over a period of a day, he just deteriorated and passed away. And so I was like, Lord, I was like, I was like, there's just seeds of doubt being placed in my mind. And so I remember uh, James five, he was talking about uh, his son when he was in Pakistan, his son was sick. He was just praying over his son. So uh, earnestly, um, he wanted his son to be better. And uh, he kept hearing from the Lord, do you trust me? And he's like, of course I trust you. He's like, you're God. That's why I'm praying to you. Uh, but then he kind of came to a real or under a bigger understanding and realized and things click is like, do you trust me? Like where I brought you to keep going forward and things like that. And so uh, the Lord was really wrestling in my mind. I was like, okay, well, Lord, I was like, where, what, what do I need to trust you? And where, like, what, what things do I need to get rid of to trust you more? And I think it was the next day or the next sermon, Pastor Bessie was talking about uh, Luke 9. And I'll, I'll kind of summarize through there. So the Lord was just showing me some of the things that I need to trust uh, in him for. Uh, so I'll just read through it. Um, and it says, and it came to pass uh, that as they went in the, uh, as, as they went in the way, a certain man uh, said unto the Lord, I will follow thee wh uh, whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds have, uh, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man uh, has nowhere to lay his head. So the Lord was telling me, like, he was, uh, he's like, do you trust me to, uh, I guess maybe, uh, do you trust me in the things maybe to get rid of the expectations that you have for your life, um, and to follow me in the places I need you to go? He's like, because all these places have homes, but I have no place to lay my lay my head. Uh, and uh, after that. Um, in verse 59, it said, uh, and he said unto another, follow me. Uh, but he said, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. Uh, Jesus said unto him, uh, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Uh, so the Lord, uh, through this, and I was talking to uh, Pastor Best about this, um, the, the expectations uh, of my family and of my father were a big hindrance. I would always say, Lord, I want to follow you and do what you want me to do. But let me first uh, do the things that'll make my father proud or my family proud. And the Lord's telling me, he's like, I need, uh, he's like, I, I'm, I need you to go and to trust, uh, to trust me for the things I want you to do to preach the kingdom of God. Uh, so that's one of the things he's been, uh, uh, I guess, teaching me. And uh, uh, even though he didn't, uh, I guess, deliver me from the fire, I guess, that I was hoping he would, uh, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, uh, they were even willing to go into the fire, uh, even if the Lord wasn't going to deliver them from it. Um, so uh, the Lord, he's just been telling me, he's like, um, just trust in me. He's like, even, even if you're not delivered from that fire, just continue to trust in me um, because he's the God of the universe and he has a much more understanding than I will ever. Um, so this is something I'm still, still wrestling with to grow in, uh, I guess, just deeper trust of the Lord through this, uh, uh, through the time I'm in. And uh, the thing I've been learning is, uh, uh, just preparation and concentration or uh, consecration, uh, just getting more trained up in the word and being more set apart uh, as a peculiar person uh, in Christ. So that's what I learned. Uh, if you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 3. We're going to uh, go through this passage uh, relatively quickly. Again, this is kind of, I, I just put this together last minute, um, knowing that there's, there's uh, you know, a number of visitors here. Uh, but isn't it cool to be in a room with uh, many nations? You know, I counted, I think we have like eight, eight or nine nations represented just in this room and, and more if we count the people that logged in online. Okay, so John chapter 3 is where we are at. If, if someone next sitting next to you don't have a Bible, maybe you can share it with them so that uh, they can also have eyes on the Word as well. So uh, let's pray, uh, jump into it, and then we will uh, 
um, will be out of here, okay? Uh, Father, I, I thank you so much for tonight that we can come together and, um, Lord, just uh, sing praises to your name and, and recognize uh, who you are. Lord, you're the creator of all things. Uh, you existed, uh, Lord, from eternity past and, and then eternity future. You are Alpha and Omega. And, uh, Lord, um, I'm humbled to be able to just share and preach a couple of things here. And, but Lord, I know that in, in me, there's, there's nothing I could give to this group of people. Uh, but by your anointing uh, of your Holy Spirit, Lord, you can do work uh, that I cannot do. You can convict hearts and minds and that I cannot do. And so, Lord, I, I just ask that you would do this special work in, in people's life, whether they are believers or not, Lord, that you give something to everyone, that they will go away, Lord, encourage their faith increase or, or, or maybe their eyes first time, uh, that they will see the, the reality of, of who Christ is. And so, God, that is my prayer. That's my desire. I pray that everyone who who is off that, uh, be one accord in that prayer, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so, so I think I'm, can I, if I do like six feet, I'll be okay. All right, okay, so it's kind of hard speaking on that. All right, okay, John chapter three. This is a very, uh, uh, you know, common popular story uh, in, in the gospel, and you probably heard this many times. But it is uh, one that is so powerful, so powerful because of the simplicity of how Christ answered the question of eternal life, right? This is kind of the, the million-dollar question. And actually, it's not even right to say that. It's not a million dollar. <laughs> it's not even a billion. It's not even a trillion. You can't even buy it. That's how expensive it is, right? Eternal life. Like the richest man in this world. Is it Jeff Bezos right now? Oh, Elon? Oh, today. Oh, my. You guys are up to date. Shoot. Tesla. Okay, so Elon Musk. I mean, Elon, Elon Musk, as rich as he is, as smart as he is, he cannot afford to buy one soul. Think about that. How poor is that? Like, wow. And then within the pages of this word, like this story, Jesus just tells that, that, that answer, that story, like, the answer to this question of eternal life. And so I hope that you pay attention and I hope that you get something from the word here. Okay, so let's just read verse one to three. Um, there was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus. It's also on the screen. Um, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, so just to put a bit of context, you know, uh, uh, you know Pharisee is a sect of religion, okay, during that time. And this man, Nicodemus, is, you know, not just a, a Pharisee, but he's a ruler, of, of this group, all right, rulers of the Jews. And so you have to understand that the Pharisee as a religious group is extremely religious. You know, so you got religious and then you got extremely religious that they would, you know, follow the law, if you will, to the T. Uh, but, but we'll see that that's really not completely the case. They talk a big talk, but in reality, even in their own life, uh, they don't even do the things that they say. But somehow they put this pious religious outlook, you know, you know, like, oh, man, I'm so religious because I'm doing all this religious activity, right? Whether it's shaving of the head or, or, or sackcloth, you know, there's different things to show to the, to the people, hey, look at me, I'm so religious. And people are like, oh, my goodness, you're so religious. You must be, you know, of God, you know. But in actual fact, a lot of the things inside that they do, doesn't even match up with what they preach, if you will. And this is that group of people uh, that is always um, 
at odds, right, at, with Jesus. They, they don't agree, you know. Now, now their law actually prophesied uh, Jesus coming, but they can't even see it. They can't even see it. So the Pharisees always objects to Jesus, always disagree with Jesus, always want to play tricks on Jesus, always want to just mess him up, okay? And so, so Jesus, you know, would always speak parables to, to them, meaning stories, so he doesn't give direct answers uh, to these Pharisee uh, groups uh, because, you know, it's no use uh, to give them the, the answer. They'll just mock it. They'll just tear it apart. It's like the Bible is saying, giving pearls to swine, right? They don't even know what pearls are. Right, you give like ah, you don't even know. So Jesus, like ah, okay, but but this man Nicodemus, right? He he saw something about Jesus, and he knew like there's something different about Jesus, and he needs to know the answer. He needs to know the answer, and 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 it's interesting that he came to Jesus by night, you know, not by the day, because then his colleagues, right? His his. Uh, his contemporaries will see him approaching Jesus and like, whoa, 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 what are you doing, right? I mean, we are the one who have the answers. Why are you going to Jesus, you know, being kind and nice to him and all that? So he, he knows what he's doing. He come by night, right? And, and we see that, um, you know, he, he comes humbly before Jesus. He comes humbly before Jesus. He says that, uh, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher. Come from God. Uh, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God uh, be with him. Okay, you already got my key point number one. Okay, so key point number one is Jesus will give answers to those who humble themselves to seek truth. Okay, this is a very important point. Jesus will give answers to those who humble themselves to seek the truth. That's exactly what happens with this, this man called Nicodemus. He was a religious man. He's supposed to know all things religion, but yet he condescended himself, meaning he made low himself because he saw like, man, this is something different. And maybe he even knew the hypocrisy of his own religion, right? That, yeah, my religion doesn't even add up, right? And so he wanted to know, man, from Jesus, what is going on? And when he had that type of countenance and attitude and humility, we see later that that Jesus give him direct answers. This is so important because, you know, we want, we want answers, right? But because many times, because of our heart attitude is hardened, right? Uh, we think we know more. We think, and we, we got pride in our life. We think we already know, and ah, yeah, I already heard it before and all this. And we, we approach Jesus the wrong way. Even, even if it's written clearly in Scripture, you can't see it. I told I told Jesse and uh, I wrote it down. I wrote it down somewhere. Alyssa, see that's why you take notes. Are you guys taking notes? See, I would have failed on that, but because I took notes, boom, I got it. I got it. Okay, I was talking to them about how you know I grew up in a well, I, I cannot say Christian environment, but just multi God environment. And, uh, uh, but, but even though, you know, all these truths were, were thrown at me, it never sticked, you know, uh, until that time I realized my own hypocrisy. And then I came humbly to God and said, God, I, you know, are you the real deal? You know, are you real? If you are, please reveal yourself to me. You know what? He did just <laughs> You know, so this, this, this part is so important is to come humbly to God, right? And that's how you kind of, you know, open that book, right? Just not, everyone has a Bible, but if you don't come humbly to the Bible, man, you're not going to get a lot out of it, okay? So uh, verse uh, four, on ver uh, verse four to eight, Nicodemus uh, said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? You know, it's like, hey, what are you talking about being born again? You know, how can someone like physically enter back into their, mon their mother's womb? Uh, no, it's not possible, right? You're too big <laughs> to get back in, right? There's no, just no chance. I've seen it happen twice in my life. 
there's no chance. I mean, man, uh, I mean, there's just no chance. I mean, my goodness. Uh, wow. You know, that is an experience. Uh, verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And so, so Jesus is explaining this two birth, two birth, right? He say one that is born of water and then one of the spirit, okay? He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So, okay, so we know uh, of the spirit, right? This is a spiritual thing, but what does he mean by water? Is it, what is that? Is that baptism? Uh, well, let's see what, what it says. It says in verse six, it tells us the answer. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He's referring to physical birth and spiritual birth, not about baptism. He's referring to physical birth and spiritual birth. He said that which is born of the flesh is the flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is the spirit. He uses water because if you don't know, like the womb of a woman is filled with water, and that, that, that's why they say the water broke. The water broke, right? That's a sign that the baby is going to come. And that's the whole thing, you know. So, you know, if you look at the context, you can know exactly what Jesus is saying. This is two birth, physical birth, right, that we all are familiar with because we're all here. And then there is this other thing called spiritual birth, okay? And, and then so Jesus said in verse 7, marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Hey, don't. Don't be surprised that, that, you know, this is the answer. This is the answer that Nicodemus was seeking for. He's, he wants to know the truth, the truth that will set him free, right? Not just a whole bunch of laws, do's and don'ts and do's and don'ts. Like, I want the real deal. That's what Nicodemus is asking. And, and Jesus, you know, further answers in verse 8, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So everyone that is born of the Spirit. So, the, so the, just to simplify that, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Okay? Just because you can't see it doesn't, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So Jesus is saying it exists. This spiritual birth exists. 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 Okay? So, so key point number two is... Just, oh, oh. There, there is life after life. That's what Jesus is saying. There's a spiritual birth. So there's a spiritual life. Okay? Physical life ends. We all know that. But there's a spiritual life that the Bible says does not end. So, so there is life after life. And only those who are born again can enter into, the, into God's kingdom. So God... Or Jesus here is, is saying the prerequisite, the prerequisite to entering the kingdom of God is to be born again and not just physical you know, birth, but a spiritual birth. Okay? Wow. Okay, so so you know, so the guy in verse 9 is like, like shocked. You know, like, oh my goodness. He's, okay, this is not actually what he said, but here's what he said. <laughs> Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? It's kind of like, oh my goodness, right? How can these things be? How can that be? Wow, like this is this is new thing. This is like, wow, how can that be? And, and so Jesus answered and said unto him, art thou a master of Israel and knoweth not these things? Like, aren't you supposed to be a religious person? Like, aren't you like a master, you know, your ruler, your leader of your religious group? You know, shouldn't you know these things? And, and, and verse 11 says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we, uh, that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. This is speaking towards the Pharisees, like to the people of Pharisees. Hey, we, we tell you this, but you guys won't receive it, you know. If I have told you earthly things and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? So he's, he's referring to a lot of the simpler, not so complex stuff that Jesus has explained. And they don't even take him at, at his word. And Jesus said, how can I explain something deeper to you if you can't understand simple things? Right? So, 
so, so there's a physical birth. Everyone understand that. But Jesus is saying there is a spiritual birth. So you need to know that. You, know that, that. you need to know that. And then he further says in verse 13, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Now, we know Enoch and, and, and Elias has, has went up to heaven, but that's not what he's saying. He's saying that those, right, those who've been to heaven and came down, I mean, they got the insight. Have you been to heaven? All right, I don't, okay, yeah, don't, don't say yes, okay? Otherwise you, <laughs> otherwise, you need to come up and, and share that with us or, or you got some, uh, some, yeah, something else on you. Uh, so, so, so you can only teach what you know Right? You can only teach what you know, and Jesus knows something from heaven. That's because that's where he's from. That's where he's from. And that's why he's trying to tell Nicodemus, I know something you don't. Okay? And then he explained this, this concept now in verse 14 that is really important. Uh, and, uh, you know, for many of you, this is probably, you know, I need to explain a bit more. Um, so let me read it. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Okay, so uh, there's a backstory here. So uh, there's another story in the Bible when in the Old Testament where Moses had to lift up the serpent in the wilderness, okay? So the story goes like this in Numbers, in the book of Numbers. The children of Israel was discouraged and start complaining, you know, as they always do. And this time, you know, God's like, oh, I'm done with you. So, 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 so God sent fiery serpents uh, to them, and then people die. Okay? And, and, and that goes to tell you, like, uh, complaining is a, it's a big, big no-no. You know? The reason, the reason being was God was providing so much for them. You know? And if we think about it, like, if we really carefully think about our own life, like, if you're a believer... Um, has, has God not provided for you? Like, well, like when I carefully think about my life, not only He has provided, He has overwhelmingly provided, like so above and beyond my expectation, like beyond, like what, like seek ye first the kingdom of God, but, but then all these things will be added unto you, but He add that and adds some more. <laughs> like I find myself, uh, I cannot outgive God. I just cannot do that because he's such a good giver, you know? And at every turn, uh, he, he is. And okay, so, so in this case, um, they, were, they were complaining about God and not, you know, meeting their needs and so on. God sends these fiery serpents and people start dying from the bites of these fiery serpents. And so then, then they realize, oh my goodness, we have sinned against God, you know? And they plead Moses and Moses uh, plead with God and God says, okay, make this brass serpent and put it on a pole and lift it up. Okay, lift up this pole. And it says that if any one of them will just see it or look at it, the Bible says, look at it, they will be cured. Okay, uh, why is he bringing this story up? Okay, he's bringing this story up because that is a picture of two things. Number one is the sin of mankind, okay? The, the only way that they realize the need to look at the brass serpent was to know that they have sinned, right? If they didn't know that, they wouldn't need to look at it. But man, if anyone knew that they got bitten, would you look at the, the brass serpent? Absolutely. Absolutely, okay? And so key point number three here is only when men Okay, men includes uh, men and women recognize their sin that they see their need for Jesus. Only when we recognize our own sin, right, our own sin, that they see the need for Jesus. It's, it's this, okay, it's the same thing as, you know, if 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 you know if I tell you, hey, I know this really really cool hospital. I mean, it has all the latest technologies, all the latest scanners, the best doctors in the world. Would you come with me? And you say, why would I want to do that? Right? Because I'm not sick. Right? But, but if a person realizes 
that they are sick, then they say, oh my goodness, please, please, I want to go with you. And so the point here that Jesus is making is that the people need to recognize their sin. Just as we, um, until we recognize our own sin, okay, uh, and, you know, we, we, we don't see the need for Savior. We don't need the, need the uh, see our need for Savior. Okay, so, so, so why, 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 would, why would God do this? Why would God do this? In verse uh, uh, 15 and 16, okay, it says that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So this is, this is that answer. This is that million dollar answer. Well, it's more than that, right? It's much more than that. That Jesus is letting this man Nicodemus know that number one is God loves the whole world. Okay, and, 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 and then, you know, earlier on, we see that it's not about their religion. It's not about this Nicodemus religion. It's about this spiritual birth that Nicodemus has to go through. And the way that he can have that spiritual birth is to believe in Jesus Christ, that Jesus had died for their sins. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. Now, you know, now, you know, we don't have a lot of time for me to expound on that, but if you need to talk more, I'm happy to uh, talk more about that. But I want to share a bit about kind of what happened with Nicodemus later on, because we also see uh, that Nicodemus uh, appears uh, in subsequent chapters. So in John chapter 7, John chapter 7 and verse 46, uh, we see uh, him appearing again. And so there's no stories between that until John chapter 7 and verse 46. Uh, I'll read to uh, 50. Uh, you know, the officers answered, never man speak like this man, referring to Jesus. Because Jesus, when he speaks, man, it just confounds everyone. Like it just wows everyone. Like, man, never heard anyone like that before. Then answered them the Pharisees. Now, same, same group of people, that Nicodemus say, uh, are from. Are you also deceived? So they they say, you know, like why are you giving Jesus praise? Why are you giving Jesus praise? Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? Okay, um, but this people knoweth not the law are cursed. Okay, so saying that they didn't understand the law cannot save you. The law cannot save you. Only grace. So verse 15, Nicodemus said unto them, he, and, and referring, this is the same Nicodemus because it says in parenthesis, he that came to Jesus by night being one of them. We know it's the same Nicodemus. And then he goes on to say in verse 51, Doth our law judge any man before it hears him and know what he doeth? They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee arises no prophet. Right? Nicodemus was quoting back the law that they have. And he's saying basically like, hey, do we judge him so harshly, right? Before we even hear him, right? And, and know what he does. Like, like find out, explore, right? Explore. And, and, and so, you know, um, you know, key point number four, okay? Um, it is worth your time to know Jesus, Right? It is worth your time to know Jesus. And I want to I wanna give you one more uh, mention of Nicodemus um, to show how much now Nicodemus has changed from John chapter 3 all the way now to John chapter 19. How much he has changed. Okay? Like he was considering and he was in a position where let, let, let the man speak. Let us hear. Okay, let us hear and let us see what, they, what he does. Is that fair? Right? Before we judge something, because sometimes we come with this approach, oh, I already know, I already know. Right? Maybe you don't. 
maybe there is a spiritual reality that you don't, you don't, just as Nicodemus was the only one out of that whole lot of religious people that could see. You see? And so I want you to see the change, you know, that he has in John chapter 19. Okay, so let's read that. John chapter 19 and verse 39. And there came also Nicodemus, okay? Again, the same Nicodemus because we know which at the first came to Jesus by night. Okay, so this is the same guy. And look at what he did. Now, now Jesus at this point, he, he already given himself to the world. He, he, he gave his life on the cross already. Okay, so at, at this point, he is, uh, you know, they are arranging his burial. He's arranging his burial. And so we, we see two characters. One is Joseph of Arimathea. Uh, you know, donated this really nice, fancy burial site to honor Jesus, okay? Uh, but we also see Nicodemus did something extremely special, and, and it says he, he brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, uh, aloes about a hundred pound weight, then took the body of Jesus and wound it in linen cloth with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Okay, so you need to know, a hundred pounds of myrrh and aloe is about $200,000 in today's worth. Can you imagine that much? Okay, and, and, and part of the reason is because there's no even, like I was researching this, it's not like they can, like haystack and, uh, what do you call those things? They roll the grass. Hay, hay bale, right? I mean, there's no technology to roll them. And so they have a hundred pounds of this stuff means that they have to, the transport just to carry that is, is immense. A hundred pounds of this. But it's worth about 200,000 uh, of, of this man's money at, at our uh, economy today. And, and so, you know, 20 pounds of this uh, this mixture of myrrh and aloe is what a, a, a common, you know, person would have. A common, and, and, and if they can even afford it, right, would have. And that's the idea there is, you know, I don't think they had dry ice at that time. And so things get smelly quickly. And so the idea of this myrrh and aloe is to be able to preserve the body and bring this sweet aroma, even in death, Right. But, but I want you to see this, this thing that Nicodemus did. How much do you think he values Jesus? A lot, right? I mean, so much. You know, that is like, I don't know how much you guys earn if you're working. If you're a student, then it'll be like a lot of times, right? 200,000 can pay all your UMKC bills and a bit more, right? Right? But man, that, like everything maybe he has, he poured into that, poured into Jesus and say, Jesus, you're worthy of all honor and praise. And I suspect that he found, he found that answer. You know, he found that million dollar answer. Again, proverbial million dollar, you know, question. It's more than that. He found that answer of eternal life. That's the only way that we can explain this because this is, again, in the backdrop of people that uh, captured Jesus, killed Jesus, and so he's taking even a risk to do something like that, right? But he's taking a stand and saying, no, I want to honor Jesus, okay? So, so key point number four, which is the last point I already mentioned, it is worth your time and my time to know to know, consider what he say and consider what he, he did, right? So I just want to close here, but I want, to, I want to encourage you to come back, right? Because just like anyone, especially for those of you who are new here, I mean, you don't know me and I don't know you, right? <laughs> right? Maybe we know some, right? You know, we, 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 we ate and, and chat a bit, we know a bit, right? But really to know someone, uh, it takes time. Right? It really takes time to, to do that. And so uh, there's no way you can know everything that you need to know just in one sitting. So I uh, just want to invite you to come back. We meet every Thursday. Um, 
you know, in smaller groups and then every other Thursday, bigger groups like this. And I, I would love and we would love the opportunity uh, to share a bit more about this, this, this question, this spiritual birth. What is it? I, is this real? Like, what is it? Can it be? Right? Maybe you're like Nicodemus. Can this be true? Because from where I'm from, I mean, I never heard this before. From where I'm from, it's completely different. Which one is true? Because there are two different things here. I, I, I want to have that conversation. And I know some of you guys would want to have a conversation with that too, you know. And uh, so let me pray. Uh, and then we have like just 10 minutes to um, visit with each other. And then we'll officially dismiss at 9 o'clock. Cool? All right. Uh, Father, we, we thank you so much for tonight. Uh, with the food, the people who prepared the food and uh, Lord, all our visitors that are here and all the existing members that are here, just thank you, uh, those who can make it and, and those who are with us online. Lord, we pray again for those who are not feeling well. Uh, please, uh, would you uh, have mercy and, and, and give uh, uh, you know, those who have COVID a very light symptom type uh, time. And, and so, but Lord, uh, I know, Lord, you're more interested in the spiritual things than physical things. And so, Lord, I want to ask you uh, that your Holy Spirit will please, um, you know, bind Satan and that you would uh, clear the way and allow uh, people to see this, this, who, who this Jesus really is and whether this spiritual birth is, is a real thing or not. Uh, Lord, you showed me very clearly 20-some years ago, this is a real thing. This is a real thing because I, I couldn't find answers anywhere. Uh, I couldn't find answers anywhere. And all the answers lead me to more depression, uh, more hate, more anger, and more selfishness, really. Uh, and so, God, I, I know you to be true, and I pray that you would do a special work in our hearts tonight. Um, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.